Hello and welcome to what is for now the penultimate episode of the Caged In podcast. A podcast in which week by week I go film by film through the career of Nicolas Cage to find out his Ian ass-kicking work of majesty in cinema or is he a limp-wristed waste of time? To help me answer that question this week as well as answer... Are they a Nick Cage fan? Which was their first? And what is their favourite Nick Cage movie? Is Ben Davis of the Film Floggers podcast. I asked Ben some extra questions over on Patreon. Which are which director would he like to see Nick Cage work with? Which Ben has some fantastic answers. He he gives two. He gives a joke answer, which to be honest, I would love see Nick Cage work with this director just because it would be a very very interesting sight to behold I'll tell you that for sure as well as which is Cage's best performance not necessarily his favorite film but the best performance Nick Cage has ever put onto celluloid as well as in the spirit of the film floggers which is Nick Cage's worst film of all time you can obviously find the patreon over at patreon.com forward slash caged in pod to hear all of ben's fantastic answers so the regular spoiler warnings do apply to this episode so if you haven't seen it always check the show notes to find out if and where this film is streaming so if you're back with us if you don't care about spoilers because yeah we go well into every punch by punch blow by blow to dimitri logophytus's martial arts sci-fi drama jujitsu a quick heads up if you are listening on day of release you have until this friday that is friday the 12th of february 2021 to order your very own caged in not the bees t-shirt which takes inspiration from both the original and the neil leboot 2006 wicker man remake in this fantastic design designed by a amazing illustrator called tim sinclair so do be sure to pre-order one now and a massive thank you to everyone who has already pre-ordered one it means so much uh to me that i could i could get a fucking t-shirt that's pretty pretty cool so if you want to grab one of those whilst you still can you can head on over to cagedinpodcast.limitedrun.com with all of that out of the way there's only one thing left to do and that's to get Raging with Cage. A man wakes up groggy, no recollection of his past. He's a deadly killing machine tasked with battling a man in a rubber suit. I, I mean an alien. Then in steps Nicolas Cage in full Yoda mode to remind him of the way of the force. To fight this film, I needed some backup, and I found that in a man, to some, known as Bunny. He's one half of the dynamic duo of podcasting, tasked with scraping out the barrel and deciding whether a film deserves a flogging. 
I have the pleasure of being joined by one of the film floggers, Ben Davis. How are you, Ben? I'm very well. Kudos for getting the uh, the name right, film floggers. Yeah. It's a tricky name to uh, remember. So you're already uh, <laughs> off my estimation, so well done. <laughs> but no, no, thanks, Bradshaws. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to come on. I know we've been talking about it for a while. Um, yeah, it's just... Uh, Unfortunately, that the film is um, not. not uh, we'll get into it, but uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's great to come on. And either way, I'm looking forward to uh, delving into this uh, whatever this bloody thing is. Well, yeah, obviously the film we are talking about today. If you didn't see it in the title before you clicked on it, is the 2020 uh, Dimitri Logafitis film Jujitsu. Uh, do you know much about um, Dimitri Logafitis and and his work before we get into the questions? today uh he's got a pretty funky name i'm quite enjoying the uh, i'm glad you i'm glad you went with his name because i wasn't gonna because uh if you listen to any any film vloggers if you have yeah, if you want to um yeah me me and tom uh our names getting people's names right or pronouncing them is is not one of our strong points i'm glad you glad you did that um no uh, to be honest apart from i know he did he's done the kickboxer mm-hmm. he brought that back didn't he yeah. I've, I've, I've never seen i haven't seen any of them i've, I've seen the original one with John Claude Van Damme, um, but I've not seen the the new ones that he did. I heard that Ronaldinho was in one of them, so wow. that that, <laughs> that sounds, uh, yeah. I'm not gonna. I don't feel like I'm gonna rush to see. But I've I've heard, you know, I've heard they've they went down reasonably well in the sort of you know the action community, and I think it's you know I think they're quite well they, they were well received for that you know they're fighting and everything else. But no, I've not seen them myself personally. Yeah, in regards to names, I feel like I. Sh- I- I should have, uh, well, I, I have a, a duty to get it right because uh, Dimitri Logofitis is uh, Greek. Um, yes. Like, uh, yeah, so, so as am I. Uh, but like, yeah, so he's done two kickboxer films, uh, Vengeance and Retaliation, both starring the, the star of this film, Alan Masari. Um, but before, yeah, before we get too deep down the jujitsu rabbit hole, uh, as I always ask my guests on this podcast, are you a Nicolas Cage fan? Well, I think yes. In short, I, I am a Nicolas Cage fan. Um, no, I, I think Nicolas Cage. Take, you take away all the, all the the stigma around him, especially in say the last I don't know, you know, ten fifteen years. The more the VOD stuffs come along and all the memes, and everything else. Take that away. I think if you actually properly, if you if you go back, even some of the films that he's done recently have been have been good. Well, mm. you know, ones that I've I've not seen all of them, but. Um, he, he is a phenomenal actor. Yeah, he, there's no question that he is top notch. Like he, he, he can, he's, I, what I've actually found is what I've enjoyed sort of getting gear, like gearing up for doing this episode with you is that I've, I've gone back and looked at some of his older stuff and some of his more probably you'd, you'd say subtle performances, mm-hmm. sort of the, this more, com, like the more comedic routes that he's taken in films. I watched the other day for the first time Moonstruck and it was just like, yeah, just like just incredibly charmed by Nick Cage. It was the film's really charming, and it's like you know, yeah. take Nick Cage out of it. It's it's still a nice, fuzzy, charming film. But Nick Cage is just adorable in it. I was just like, yeah, this is this is the Cage that I think I actually enjoy the most. I, I you know, there's a time and a place for the shouty Cage, um, which which again, as you know, as like the like the man next to me, I, I'm I'm liking that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the subtle performances is um that's kind of where I'm at with Cage. But uh, no, uh, yeah, huge fan. Even a film like Moonstruck, he gets that opportunity to deliver some like bombastic 
cageisms. Like where that kind of speech he delivers, where he's like, "He took my life." Like he's, like, "I got nothing." He's like, "Go get the big knife." Like he's he, he's going out there and giving some real oomph to it, and it like, but it it warrants the character because he's this kind of browbeaten guy who feels like he's got nothing, and. I don't. He's supposed to be like a fiery Italian, and like he kind of nails that perfectly. And that film is just like, yeah, brimming with charm and kind of sexual tension from the off, isn't it? It's kind of like a weirdly like charming, but it's got this undercurrent of bubbling rage and sexual. Like, yeah, it's like, are they at any moment gonna fight or fuck? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I guess I don't know if um, I, I'm assuming that Cage at some point in his career has been has been sort of lauded as a like a sex symbol mm-hmm. yeah yeah as, yeah 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 because he's um you know he's not the typical like he's not a typical say i don't know like brad pitt or dicaprio type just just you know a pretty boy good looking striking but especially in his early um earlier days like he was um he was you know he's he was unique looking you know you, if you you walked into the if you walked into the room you'd be even before he opened his mouth you'd be like oh, i can imagine this guy's got something about him well, he's always been a bit of like a, a wild man as well. And like, I recently listened, I watched an interview with Patricia Arquette and she said like how they got together was like, she, he he kind of like very early on in their relationship, I think it was him and Crispin Glover, like met her out one night and she he said like, uh, they were kind of arguing together going like, oh, I'm going to marry her. And like Cage's like, no, I'm going to marry her. And then... um. He said, like, what is it going to take for me to marry you? This is like very early on. And she said to him, like, oh, uh, here's a list of demands. Like, I want, like, uh, J.D. Salinger's like, autograph. I want, like, uh, a black rose. Like, all these kind of, like, ludicrous things that could never be attained. And he just went out and got them. Like, an absolute, like, madman. And then, like, yeah, years... I think this was, like, years later, they eventually did end up getting married in like 2005. Uh, no, no, 1994. Yeah, that sounds about right. I'd say, okay, <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's, he's not been shy of someone who, uh, who goes out and just buys extravagant items. Yeah. Probably why uh, he's, he's having some, uh, he's been really selling the VOD stuff the last few years, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, but no, I, I can't, I can, I can imagine, um, you know, I know he's, he's been married and divorced a few times now, Cage, but I can imagine um, however long, or short it lasts, it's it's a fun ride for the majority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 either like a a kind of roller coaster or it's a detonator at Fort Park. If uh, listeners don't know what that is, it's you just kind of go up slowly up a I don't, yeah like a like sat facing outwards and then plummet down after they normally do a, a little fake out, don't they? They'll be like it's going to be on the count of five and then. It's on the they they drop you on the two like yeah, yeah. You crafty bastards. It's the same people who dropped fucking Alan Rickman on on a Die Hard. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's um, it's like yeah, it's, it's, it's the is it the Oblivion as well, where yeah. it kind of goes over and sort of lingers on the edge. It sort of starts wobbling a little bit, so you're like, oh, any time now, and it may just you know another <laughs> few seconds. Oh, oh, we've gone. Yeah, so yeah, because I think famously Cage has got like a marriage that lasted like a month. Or something like that. So I imagine that month was like, it's not I mean. He's a guy with intense passion. That month was probably like full on, and then it was kind of gone. Um, but we could get we could get lost in the kind of uh, the bog of Nicolas Cage's romantic life. But do you remember the first Nick Cage film you ever saw? Now, see, I think the first the first film I actually saw with Cage in 
which I probably didn't even really, you know, I didn't know anything about Nick Cage at this point, um, was Rumblefish. I've, I remember watching that a lot, like years when I was a, a kid. And I, I think um, I think Rumblefish was more, there was quite a few breakout roles in Rumblefish, wasn't there? But I think mm-hmm. it, that was more, I can't really remember Cage's role. I don't think it's that big. I think no. it's more sort of Matt Dillon and Mickey Rourke. They're the kind of big hitters and Cage is, is sort of there as a sort of a sporting character. But, so that was probably the first film that I watched with Cage in, not really knowing anything about Cage. But then I guess for the first film that I saw that I knew, was like, hang on, who's this? Like, this is Cage, mm-hmm. would be, I thought, I thought it was City of Angels because that there was these films on Sky. You know, it was, I used to, when, when back in the day, well, Sky's obviously still going, but <laughs> I used to, they used to, you know, have like the film out at the cinema, then a year later they used to appear on Sky. It's, it gets a similar thing now, but City of Angels, I remember watching quite a lot when I was a kid. My mum was like a big fan of City of Angels. But going by the date of when the films came out, it would have been the first one I would have seen and noticed Cage, um, Nick Cage would have been The Rock. Oh, Based on that was what, 96, wasn't it, The Rock? Mm-hmm. So I imagine that must have come on Sky before City of Angels because City of Angels was what, a couple of years later, wasn't it? Like mm-hmm. 98. 98, yeah. Yeah. So it must have been, it must have been The Rock. A solid, a solid entry point and a kind of like, what, his kind of real first tiptoe into becoming that, that alternative action star that he kind of like really put to task over that, what I called the testosterone trilogy of The Rock. Con Air and then kind of culminating in face off with him and Travolta. Yeah, no, The Rock. Yeah, he's a bit more. Um, he's as you said, he's a bit more sort of subdued in mm-hmm. in The Rock, isn't he? He's. Uh, I, I can't. I know he plays like an FBI. Like he's. Is he more into like sort of computers or? He's a scientist. Yes, yeah, scientist. Good, that's right. Stanley yeah, good speed. And it, yeah, yes. that's what I mean. It's it's around that time of like the eighties was littered with like muscle men action heroes, and the nineties you kind of got the the birth of the everyman. Uh, action hero that probably was kind of the proto to that was John McClane, I guess, in uh, Die Hard. But then the two standouts, I always, I always mention it, is him and, uh, yeah, Keanu Reeves and Nicolas Cage kind of had great careers in the 90s of being these, like, not archetypal action stars. Do you know what I mean? They weren't, they weren't a Jean-Claude Van Damme who could do splits and, like, kick you in the head. They were kind of like, they could be, I don't know, the bloke next door types yeah they were yeah yeah that's that's a good point they were sort of out of place mm-hmm. and you saw them you know they were kind of they they you know they man as they as the film goes along with the rocks that you know cage kind of gets a bit more confident and he's, he's completely out of his comfort zone and you know, there's people shooting at him and there's guns and everything there's explosions as, as as it kind of goes along he gets a bit more you know i, I guess that's why it, it sort of balances quite nicely with the whole sean connery mm-hmm. sean connery's like this this grizzled you know veteran his expert he's been in prison all this time and Cage is just kind of like you know he's there for the support and he's like yeah if we can get me get me to the uh, the nuke the nukes I'll be able to maybe disarm them and stuff but sure like Sean Connery's like well yeah but you know you may you may have to shoot some people in the face Cage and like, oh, <laughs> God that's not it's not really part of the it's not really what I do here Sean but I'll try my best and then he kind of by the end of the film he's kind of like he's he's not like um you know he's not like yeah he's like he's ready to go and he's ready to kill like hundreds of people but he's he's kind of gained that confidence and he's sort of transitioned over to sort of just just more than this guy who's like a bit scared and a bit like <laughs> well, I don't know what to do you know I'm going to hide behind you Sean but um, no he's good he's, he's uh, that probably goes with, with as I was saying about the whole more even though that performance in The Rock isn't that subtle it's okay. the more kind of like lovable cage it's the more yeah. kind of like geeky kind of like a bit awkward you know doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to get you out of a jam you know it's like if, if, if you plopped us in, in, in you know on 
Alcatraz and we got told that we were getting shot and we had to disarm some nukes. We'd be like, oh, fuck that. I'm just going to hide behind this rock. Well, I guess it's the most restrained and kind of like every, like charming cage you can get in a Michael Bay film as well. Do you know what I mean? Yes. It's like, here's somebody who is all about like explosions, like close up to women's asses and like, do you know what I mean? Like muscle men fighting. And it's like, yeah, Cage, I don't know, Cage's character in that is... I, I, I guess it's it's kind of was repeated somewhat with Sam Witwicky in like the Transformers films. Do you know what I mean? Like that that out of their depths character who's kind of thrust into this situation, and then and then you've got the the grizzled veteran telling telling Cage like as as we'll get to when we speak about jujitsu. It's always good to have a grizzled older character to basically tell you and the audience. What, like what's going on and what's going to happen in the film basically yeah no I'd, I'd go along with that i think um i think that just works that just that just leaves because then you don't you don't need cage taking point in center you don't need him maybe going off on one of his you know tandems and when it's like shouting so you can just he can just sort of just blend in mm-hmm. you know he's there you're rooting for him and you can leave someone else to do all, all the you know the, the graft and then cage can sort of just swoop in at the end and sort of save the day and oh cage you're a hero like, you've <laughs> you've come a long way well done there's always something really funny about the rock is that like i believe there was like a governmental report it was uh, reported on in the guardian that like when it became when it came to like the the weapons of mass destruction in iraq like it was actually i think it's like the chilcot report or something like that like somebody had basically written like the weapon from the rock into that report like master some wires were massively yeah. crossed somewhere and that managed to actually like make its way into like a government document and it it kind of plays to the thing that obviously like they were just looking for any reason to get into iraq and like somebody went oh, like skimming through the tv and was i don't itv free the rocks on he's like you know what yep these these green balls that look like dishwasher tablets saddam hussein's got loads of those yeah that sounds about right yeah <laughs> it's just sort of catches okay. the rock late night on itv2 and just oh hang on a minute we could use this <laughs> um amazing so what is your favorite nick cage film oh um favorite nick cage film do you want i think if we base it on say the last sort of 10, 15 years in terms of, as I've go along with what I've said about how I like prefer maybe more of like a subtle comedic, a bit awkwardness kind of performance. I really like, I really enjoy and sort of very, which is very watchable national treasure. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. It's like, there's, you know, you could, there's like the big hitters, you know, leaving Las Vegas and adaptation They're you know, they're up there, of course, like, you know, they're like phenomenal films, like great performances, but I just, uh, I've just got a soft spot for National Treasure. I just, I just like Cage in that. I like, you know, the film is like, yeah, so-so. It's like popcorn, you know, chasing after the Declaration of Independence. It's like, it's, it's obviously very silly. But I just, I just like Cage. I quite enjoy Cage running as well. He, he like, he's running. Just, he's look, he just looks, he just looks throughout that film very awkward. Yeah. But it's just, it's, it just works. I just, I just like Cage in that kind of mode. Well, they're perfect films, both the National Treasure films. They kind of like play into something that I very much enjoy of that kind of like treasure seeking. Like I've really enjoyed like the Uncharted games on PlayStation and stuff like that. 
And I think they like balance the humour and the kind of like silliness with it with some kind of like, especially that first one. It's got like Sean Bean plays like a, a, a real sinister bad guy as well, doesn't he? He's like, he's like, well, he's, he's, he's Sean Bean, isn't he? He can, he can play kind of like, oh, God, fuck you up, mate. Yeah, no, it's not. I, I think it's, you know, it's one of those questions where it's, it is kind of tricky, I suppose, your favourite, because there are... It is very easy just to say, as you said, the the trifecta, you know, the, the trilogy of The Rock, Face Off, Con Air, that they're the kind of ones that if you ask anyone like, you know, Nick Cage, if you're sort of into Nick Cage, and I'm not saying I'm the biggest Nick Cage fan in the world, but they're the ones that you could just sort of ring off and go, yeah, you know, probably Face Off or Con Air is quite fun. But no, I just, nas- I was thinking about it and just National Treasure for whatever reason just just sprung to mind. And I just, um, it's probably the one if I, if I got, if I had the option now to rewatch, I'd put that on. I just know what I'm getting. Yeah. A perfect like Sunday afternoon film. Yeah. You know what I mean, like exactly. being a bit groggy, had a few too many shandies the night before. And and if it's on, do you know what I mean? Like yeah, if 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 it's on TV or like I don't know, you you stumble for the remote and put on Disney Plus, you're like, Yeah, you know what? That 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 will while away in a couple of hours and then kind of like cheer when he says, like, I'm gonna steal the Declaration of Independence, you're like Yes, you fucking will, Nick. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's just, I, I just like the idea of just the a more subtle cage. It, it takes, a, you know, it, it it really it's like the pinnacle of him just dubbing it down, not having to worry too much about shouting or, or carry, you know, carrying the film or, yeah. you know, the film might, may not be very good. So he's got, he feels like he's got to go in and start, you know, like the, bringing the energy levels up to a million. And, you know, I, I was going to ask you actually about, so, so I guess I've not really watched too much of his kind of BODs over the last sort of ten years, and I, I, I'd like I was thinking about how the, the, some of the films that he's been in the last say ten fifteen years are they are they films that are, are just are bad and because Cage is in them they they're watchable some of them is there any film that is there, is there any film that would be actually some way is actually not a great film but is actually made worse with Cage being in it. I don't think any of them are necessarily made worse by Nicolas Cage being in them. I think the the fact that some of them feel like the directors don't know what to do with Nicolas Cage, that really, like, so yeah, I guess him being in them, like, makes it, somewhat makes it worse. But I think it's more of just the thing of, like, mismanagement on, like, the production of it. And it's like... There's only one film that he's outwardly come out and said like that he doesn't like either that he's done in like the last ten years, which is a film called Two Eleven, which is a real piss poor uh, film that like vaguely touches on a real life scenario about a bank robbery, but it's it's kind of got like a really like thrown in message about like what is it like film like do you know what I mean like film the police culture like surveillance culture and kind of like racism within police and it's kind of like very quickly in that film it does a like a 180 turn and Cage's character realises that like oh yeah I'm no longer racist like maybe filming the police is a good idea done like bow round it done. yeah we're sorted and it's like no yeah, but uh, there are some like the opposite of your question there are some that are inherently better they're, they're shit films but they're inherently better for him being in them yeah well i think talking about anything to do with bank robberies going you know going back to trapped in paradise which we unfortunately <laughs> had the, the displeasure of talking about 
on the on film floggers. Um, yeah, I think Cage, you know, Cage, stay away from the banks. Yeah, no bank robberies, Cage. It doesn't go too well. <laughs> so we get to the headline act of this podcast, I guess. Now we have to talk about jujitsu. You know what I don't understand? How the hell are you still alive? Must have been a pretty bad fall. The comet you see in the sky right now passes over the Earth every six years and causes a portal. But when it's open, we get a visitor from a distant galaxy. A poet warrior in the sci-fi sense. The spaceman. And he comes here looking for a fight with you. The chosen jujitsu. If he doesn't get it, he stays and he kills everything. That is alien politics 5 through 15. Now you are all the chosen jujitsu fighters. But as long as you die bravely, no one else will have to. crazy like me there's no honor in killing crazy I can fly too. Was this your first time watching this film, Ben? Uh, well, I guess I've I technically I've watched it twice, Jiu-Jitsu. I've I've watched it when it um you know when it first sort of came out, pretty much the first kind of week. I, you know, I was pretty keen to watch it. The trailer's pretty fun. It's like yeah, you know, it's got Cage in it, of course. It's yeah, it looks fun. You know, it's it's worth a watch. Um, and oh, yeah, so that 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 was a that was a tough. Well, it wasn't. It was just. It was just disappointing. You know, I didn't didn't expect much. Of course, you know, the trailer obviously made it look. You know, you know, it's going to make it look a, a way better than it is. And you don't. You know, I didn't go into it, but you want to come out of it and go, okay, that that was pretty shit, but it was fun. That sort of thing. Like, you need to make sure you have like at the worst case scenario, you have fun with mm-hmm. it. And uh, oh, I no, I didn't. And yeah, so I I sort of had to. I skimmed through it again before before we this podcast today and. um yeah, I had, to be honest, I had to sort of like, I had to speed it up a bit. I had to put it on like 1.3 and I, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get through it. It was, yeah, no, I just, um, yeah. So I've, I've guess I've technically seen it twice, which is um, potentially twice too many. Well, yeah, I, I put it on 1.5 in some of the fight sequences. Oh, right, there you go, yeah. There's an overuse of slow motion in this film. So I, f- I felt like that really like, made it a lot more exciting considering like this so the, the cast of this film what could it go into you like uh, not just cage obviously like he's there for more like the dramatic side of it but you have some great like martial artists do you know what I mean you have like tony jar who is like the on back films like very very like well revered you've got uh juju chan you've got um who else Frank Grillo, I'm not sure if he's known for, for 
for for for martial artists, but he's he's known for like just turning up and being a bit of a fucking badass, isn't it? And then like yeah, he, he can fight a bit, can't he? When he needs to, he's you know gave gave old Cap in Martin the Marvel films a bit of a you know yeah. a bit of a fight. So yeah, and then you've got like like looking through the cards, you've got Ryan Taran who plays Brax, the the alien in question. So uh, and like it's just kind of littered with like stunt. So he's like a stunt man, and then there's like Maurice uh, Crump who plays Forbes. Like, the thing is, I'm saying all these names of characters. You, like, you don't get introduced to a single, like, really, to a single fucking person. You don't really know who anyone is, what, like, what their motivation, apart from the fact that, like, so, yeah, would you mind setting up this? What is the kind of, like, the setup for this film, Ben? Oh God! Um, good, good question. Um, well, so it's basically so you know it's, it gets off to the bad start with the whole opening in space. I feel like if you're going to start in space, you, you need to make sure that your CGI is on point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know what that block was. It, it was a meteor, wasn't it? You know, <laughs> but it just it just it just gets off to such a bad start. And you know, the budget was it was pretty it was pretty handy. It was like what twenty five mil. Yeah, I imagine the majority of that is gone on the the talent. But like twenty five mil still nothing to sort of, you know, sniff at. Big. Considering like a lot of like cage films that are like would would be considered like nowhere near in this like I don't know, like a bet a lot better than this. Like there's a film Kill Chain. Um it was like three million dollars. Do you know what I mean? And like it's just like I, I think sometimes with films when they have that smaller budget they have to be a bit more creative with it. Whereas this and it's like apart from the talent, I don't see where the money has gone in this film. No, no, I, yeah, I just every, everything just looks it just looks really cheap. That that's that's the issue of it. It just the, 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 the alien looks cheap, the the, the sort of the the post production sort of special effects and the bullets and the ninja stars that have been tacked on just look you know just look bad but but no so so to me so the premise to me is is the fact that so it's this alien comes around every comes out of this horrendous CGI portal every <laughs> six every six years to to face you know to to challenge the the chosen jujitsu people uh, and then they have to all fight him and and then he will you know he will then you know he may be vanquished. He may beat them, but as long as they're all there to fight him, that's fine. And then he will go back through his portal, do whatever he's doing. The meet the you know the comet will then you know circle the Earth, and then it will start off again six years, and then we just have that going every six years. He comes back again. He fights the chosen jujitsu, and you know that it's just it's it's kind of like a you know like a Mortal Kombat esque. Once every six years, or once every so many years, there's a there's a tournament or there's a, a fighting challenge going on um and then as long as you play by the rules everything's okay see what i don't understand about this premise is why why if you're like a kind of like you want to destroy a planet alien one why are you like in the form of like a a man essentially you're a humanoid form even like it's clearly a man in a rubber suit. Like you, you see when he bends his arms, you can kind of see the the rubber crinkling and stuff like that. And it's like it looks like a mixture between um, like Ninja Gaiden from no, no uh, Raiden, yeah, Ninja Raiden or something like that, or like one of the ninjas from the Metal Gear Solid game. 
or something like that. And it's kind of, they've tried to, I don't know what's going on with the face. So there's obviously that, that blue screen and then this like distorted face in there. Yeah, no, the, the face is just, oh yeah, I, I've got just, it's, it's just squished. It's just a squished face. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, his, his helmet just doesn't fit properly. He just get this squished nose. What it, um, lo- what it looks like is, have you ever seen like those, those crafty videos that like will, will go on Facebook or something like that? Around Halloween, they'll be like, oh, spook your family by like taking a photo of yourself pressed up against glass and like put it in a jar. So like print it out and put it in a jar. It basically looks like that. It looks like a mixture of liquid, but somebody has pressed their face up against like a window. And it's like, what? Like who's, who's designing this? And that's the, with films, it's like, there are so many people involved. There's got to be so many people who kind of like sign off on that and go, you know what? You, you you take the rest of the day off. You fucking nailed that alien design. Yeah, it's the the logic again is is just hard to comprehend because I just don't. All these people that have looked at that alien and just gone that that character design or whatever it is, you know, is and it's okay. You know, as you said, the suit and the design of the aliens quite you know it's quite boring and it's you know you, it's clearly you can see that it's a man in a rubber suit running around. You know what? Why why do we why do we need to see see the face? If if you're going to present us that face, that squished kind of you know PlayStation, whatever it is, you know it's it's like it's with the whole like you get those sort of memes and you? you get those things or those those pictures of like PlayStation graphics where the faces are. It's like a, it looks a bit like Max Payne from yeah. the original Max Payne because the, the graphics you know were still really bad. He didn't have any; they couldn't make his features 3D. So it, his whole face is just squashed. It's like he's been run over. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it was. It, it, that kind of what, what, what it reminded me of, just a, a squashed Max Payne who they've just put in a rubber suit. Well, I just, yeah, I don't, it's it's I don't PlayStation it. 2 graphics in 2020. It's like we're, yeah. we're past that. And like, well, you kind of know that you're not in for a good time. As you said, you kind of get that shot of the meteor. But then like the title sequence is this like, what I can only describe as like uh, a Windows Movie Maker like cartoon preset. Do you know what I mean? Like, or like it used like people would use it back in the day for their like MSN profile picture, where it'd be like some kind of filter. It'd be like make me look like a cartoon, and it's just like, well, that's clearly clearly it's not drawn. It's just like a really crap filter over the top, and then we get these like. Kind of like an Ed Hardy tattoo flash sheet of just different things, whether it's like the snake and the skull, and it's like, oh god, like it just all looks terrible. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. So when I first watched it, I hadn't really sort of, you know, apart from watching the trailer, I just sort of left it at that. So I had, I didn't have any concept at all that this was um, from like a comic. So when all the comic panels started sort of flashing in, in my face, I was like, what, what, what what's this? What, what are we doing with this? I had no idea that the um, the director had originally made this as a comic. It was only after I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of makes sense. But, but yeah, it didn't, it didn't help. And, you know, me, me and Tom discuss it on, on um, film vloggers quite often about, you know, where I just, you can't get a head around the concept of this CGI, especially when something's, you know, got a pretty, you know, substantial budget. I just, I'm just not getting where the money's going. I just don't, Apart from obviously, the, you know, as we said, you know, the talent and the people involved in terms of the CGI, which, which, you know, I think is, is reasonably, it's not cheap to, to design CGI. And if a big part of the budget is going on CGI on a lot of these films, I, it, I just don't, I'm just not getting, it. you know, 
by all means, you know, if you can make CGI look bad, but can you, it, it doesn't, it, it always, it kind of looks, it, it looks bad, but then it, it just looks cheap. Mm. That's the thing of it. it. It's bad. It's not, it's, it's a bit jarring, but it just looks cheap. You know, as you said, the opening titles, it's just, it just, it's so naff, so naff and cheap. Well, there's elements of it that don't need CGI as well. There's like an overuse of CGI blood, like when people are getting punched in the face and there's this horrible CGI blood like flying out of their mouths. It's like, well, they either just don't need to be any blood at all. Or like, surely, like you can just get like some blood capsules, or do you know what I mean like some kind of like fake blood can't be that expensive, or just just don't just don't have it. And like, it's kind of coupled with like so the, that fight sequence when Tony Jaa turns up to the base because Alan Mazzari's Jake character again, like the the script of this could have easily been written on the back of a fag packet because it's kind of like. Bloke wakes up, doesn't remember anything. Yep, there's an alien. Yep, six years, comes down, has to fight everyone. Uh, why? Doesn't matter. People will buy into it. He's going to kind of learn the ways that he used to know. Uh, and as he gets, like, reintegrated into his fighting family. But, like, that... So, yeah, he's in that, like, interrogation booth. And then, like, Tony Jaa turns up to fight. And it's, like, a, a thing that really stood out to me. It's, like, the sound design as well. Like, with, like, the gunshots. Like, you've either got, like, handguns that sound like Western pistols. Or you kind of got these, like, horrible machine gun sounds that sound like like you know, those fake machine guns you'd have as a kid. Where it's like... And, like, the, the CGI for the bullets. It's just, like... I, and there was a moment. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling on here, but there was a moment. I was like, "What are we gonna get?" Like, I was like, "I half expect to hear a Wilhelm scream," you know, like the classic, like, Aah! and then like literally thirty seconds later, you get. Aah! I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> yeah, no, the the Tony when you know the introduction of of Tony Jr. It's oh, it's just it's. For, I think for me, yeah, I, as you said, you know, the, the CGI, the. the bullets you know there's there's multiple times where the soldiers run towards tony jar instead of just keeping their distance trying to shoot him i know that, i know they've all got horrendous aim for whatever reason but they, they just run towards him there's, there's even a scene there's even a bit where he's they're, they're having a bit of a standoff you know the guy's just trying to reach for his gun and just doesn't just doesn't take it out of his holster just so tony jar can just punch him and kick him and run off again but um i think for me that the biggest thing about the, the that scene with tony jar when they when they escape is the it's the camera work. Oh. Not not even not even getting to the first person stuff, which is just oh my god, it's some of the worst things. It's oh some of the worst camera work I've ever seen. It's it's just that that jarring shaky cam. Yeah, and it's it's just oh it it literally is vomit inducing because you know if it it could make you sick. It's like being on a like a really wank roller coaster. It just it's shaking all over the place. Well, there's that thing of doing like interesting like. Um kinetic filmmaking and i think like filmmakers who did it really well is uh, neville dean and taylor who did the crank films but that's kind of like quick like being with the action or like something like the raid but it's like it's the that's choreographed within an inch of its life and the cameramen know what they're doing whereas this is like they've got a guy it's like his first day out of film school and got like just follow the fighting get as close as you can and like some moments it's like why are you focusing on this like there's kind of like a lingering shot on a on a door and it's like it's it's a good like 
three, four seconds too long because you're like, right, someone's going to get kicked through that door. And it's like, if that was kind of, if it kind of like just panned to that very like kinetically and then someone came through the door, it's like, great. But it's like, we're lingering on this for way too long. It's like, you're signposting it. And then, yeah, as you said, that first person stuff is just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty. You know, I, I think the, um, with the shaky stuff, I guess they just didn't know what else to do. They they, they must, um, maybe they acknowledged that they couldn't have the whole set piece of just pure shaky cam. So they're like, well, the only thing we can, I guess we can do, we can't, we can't film it any other way. So we're going to have to just do this like, oh, let's just try this really cool, uh, what's that that film? Hard, hardcore Henry mm, yeah. style. Where it, I guess with that, you know, that was, it wasn't a great film, but it was, the premise of that was it was first person from start to finish. So it's like, okay, fine, whatever. I guess it's more, it's similar to something like Doom where yeah. you have that first person. And even that, it makes a bit of sense because it's a first person shooting game. You know, we'll have that first, you know, to appease the gaming fans. Oh yeah, it's like Doom, first person, fun. But this, it's, it's just senseless. It, it just doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, there's, so the, I'm, glad, I'm glad we kind of got the camera work out of the, out of the way nice and early. And like, I, I had a couple of beers last night and I was watching like, this this morning and some of the fight sequences genuinely and it's that shaky cam i was like i think i'm gonna be sick like, <laughs> yeah vomit juicing yeah it's like oh uh, yeah it's genuine uh, and, and 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 i think like, like, i'm really stuck on this like first like uh fight sequence at the base because it takes a good like five minutes before um jake and the like the, the female military officer to realise anything's going on. It's like, how fucking big is this base? It's like, we kind of get a sense of the geography and it's supposed to be Burma as well. And it's like, it's not. Like, it's clearly, like, uh, look, this is filmed in Cyprus. And, and like, well, as soon as I read that and I was watching it this time, I was like, oh, I bet they had a lovely holiday making this film. Like, the, I guess that's one of the benefits from this. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I guess that's why a lot of them signed on because they were like, yeah, like six weeks or not even the you know, three week holiday in in Cyprus. Yeah, nice and sunny. I'll, I'll have a bit of that. But like, I don't know. I think Burma. You expect it to be more like Vietnam. Do you know what I mean like that kind of like not not just kind of dry desert and stuff like that? That they kind of they look like they're in it. It looks like it's set in like the the middle east in those like in that that base sequence at least yeah no it's, it doesn't it's not really um you're not really believing it, are you no. you're not you're not really believing the setting at all but um no i guess as you said you know I'm, I'm guessing maybe you know i guess you can take away that cage may have got a half decent tan so i guess you know that that's something but, um but no that whole that whole base scene is just yeah i, I think it just sums up the film doesn't it quite nicely it, it's all over the place you don't know what's going on you, you you're questioning everything that's happening Every every fight, every sort of bit of action, you're like, I, I don't. I, what? Why? Why? Why are you doing that? Why is the camera shaking there? Why? Have you, as you said, what? Why have you not noticed Tony Jar, who's cleaning up this whole base, which is not even that big? Mm -hmm. It's it's just um yeah, everyone's kind of just befuddled, and that's kind of about it, really. I think even Cage says in a bit about um when he's when he's going for his ex exposition dump, he says about how you know you puzzled because I'm puzzled. <laughs> it's just like yes yes cage we are all fucking puzzled so it takes a good 40 minutes well it takes exactly like 40 minutes before we get cage on screen right and we kind of like we get semi-introduced to people they kind of just turn up and like fight and like kind of turn around to jake and be like 
What? You not remember us? You don't remember us. We we we're, we're family. Like you you know us, right? You 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 better have remembered how to use this. And like it's Frank Grillo like brandishing a sword or something like that. And there's that again. We're supposed to be in Burma. I don't I don't like anyone listening. Please 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 uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. But like they're not they're not known for cornfields in Burma, are they? Like. I would assu- no, I would assu- not, yeah. I would assume it would be like there would be rice paddies, right? Like because one of the like kind of like slightly impressive shots in this is there's like this nice shot like above the cornfield, and it's like oh yeah, that's quite nice. But then it's like and then, then it's just back into like I don't know. All of a sudden, it, that, you get introduced to like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, don't you? Because you get Juju Chan with her nunchucks, you get that guy with his like metal pole. And then Tony Jaa's got these things that I can only describe as like pipe, like like plumbing pipe that has been, <laughs> yeah, that has been, that has been spray yeah. painted silver. That is exactly what I had in my notes. Yeah, it's just like he's, he's come to my like bathroom and just stealing some of my pipes from the shower. <laughs> it's like, I'll have those back, please, Tony. Like, what the fuck are you going to do with those? <laughs> and for Tony Jaa as well, like, you know, he, he, and he's like, in terms of martial arts, I know the um, the guy who plays Jake is, is, you know, he's like, that's kind of his career, the kickboxing is martial arts. But like, you know, like I, I'm amazed that Tony Jaa's just gone, yeah, I'll, I'll take the uh, I'll take the plumbing pipes. Give him something a bit more cool. Yeah. Just Tony Jaa for Christ's sake. Or just let him just go barehanded. Christ. Yeah, they're, they're weird. They kind of, they look like, pl- like plumbing pipe, but also they could be like the, ha- the handles of crutches. Do you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like... It's like it's, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm probably sure there's someone at home who's like a big, like kind of uh, like martial arts and weapons fan right now. Going, they've got a name. Give them their proper name. Like yeah. they call like Nicolas or something. <laughs> so the comic book sequences for me, I'm not sure about you, just very much fa- sound like feel like they're paper macheing over some some plot holes and like script gaping script holes they're like how can we transition to another scene here it's like just cut to a couple of panels on a comic book yeah yeah i know it is isn't it it's just basically you know getting characters from one place to the next without showing it um they're just kind of going oh here's jake and the girl yeah that now they're running through the jungle we're going to put that in some comic panels and then uh you know that's fine skip to the next scene yeah no it's um I understand. I understand the director was was shoving them in to go. Oh, but yeah. By the way, this is set on a comic, but they're, they're just they're just shoehorned in. There's 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 no there's no the theme of the film. There's no they're not relevant. It doesn't. It you're not sitting there thinking this is kind of this has got things that you would go. Oh God, is that that's quite comic book esque. It's just it's just random comic book panels that are just shoved in to get from one scene to the next. It's again just yeah, it's just jarring, isn't it? it just makes no sense. So let's talk about. Cage when he turns up, like, how, like, what does his performance give to you? Do you enjoy Cage in this film? Yeah, and I'm not just saying this, and it's, it's easy to say, but he is, yeah, he's without doubt the best part of the film. And you kind of already knew that watching the trailer, yeah, you knew that Cage is going to probably be what you know, whatever he brings to the table. You know, in the trailer, he's, yeah, he looks fun. He comes out of a couple of lines. You know, oh yeah, okay, he's you know, he's looking pretty good. Um, and he's yeah, he, he's come through the, the best bit of the, the film, I think. I guess for Cage. Which is um, which is a bit of a shame. Is that he's just he's kind of just really used as like sort of an exposition dump, isn't he? That's basically what he's there for. Like you see him, and he's yeah, he's like a he does his martial arts, and that's quite fun watching people flip round that clearly aren't Cage. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, okay, that's I'm sure that's Cage doing that flip. Yeah, okay, great. Yeah, someone who's just like this different size and the hair, you know, the the greasy hair is a bit different. But oh no, yeah, it's Cage. 
But you know, he's just he's just used as that. He's just used to explain just the contrived and just rubbish plot. Like Cage, you know, to be honest, we don't really care about the plot. Like just just do you. Just you know, do some more fighting. Just you know, come out with some one-liners. Just you know, just do you. Don't we don't want to hear about the plot because we don't get it anyway. Well, I don't know how many people they need to explain this kind of six years sequence thing because you kind of. You get it through the crab man from uh, My Name is Earl, who is also in this film, uh, who explains at the beginning through the like the woman interpreting what Jake is saying. It's like uh, something about a portal, six years, like uh, fighting and stuff like that. So you kind of get it there. And then it's like, just in case you missed this film that is very like low on plot, just in case you didn't understand what it, like what it is and i think all of the promo for this film as well has been has really hammered that fact home because that's all this film do you know what i mean like the frame this is like strung upon is very thin and it's like that that's what that's all we've got is every six years alien comes down has to fight you either win you either lose it could it could fuck up the whole world if 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 you lose but then we get cage doing it again and it's just like don't understand his character and are kind of like but i'm glad he's there at the same time like i don't i don't i don't really see what the point of his character is even when we get to the kind of like the twist which we'll get to like what the somewhat twist in it but like he delivers some great lines so like uh, the way he delivers oh ho ho get off my piano it's like it's fantastic yeah no he's good he's good in this case he's, this is again it's more yeah he's doing he's he's you know, he's fighting, he, you know, he has a couple of moments, but overall it's, it's subtle, it's subtle, it's, you know, he's not shouting, he's not, he's not doing anything too outlandish, he's just playing this kind of grizzled, sort of older, kind of, you know, broken down martial arts guy, who, you know, back in his day would have been, you know, phenomenal, and he's, 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 he's seen this alien and he knows how it works, and the alien let him live that time, and that's because, you know, he does the whole crazy thing, and mm. And it's it's just it's good. It's like it's nice and it, it's it's chilled out. It's subtle and it's 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 reined in. Um, and I guess you know I, that that's good. That, that's, you know I think if Cage would have started bouncing around the room, I think mean, oh Cage, you know, like no, don't not for this Cage. It doesn't fit. I would have loved to have known like what elements of the character as well were Cage's like uh, input on it. Like whether it's like the thing with the he makes hats out of newspapers or he smokes these kind of like spitty little roll-up cigarettes and stuff like that. It's like, they feel like like weird little character uh, quirks and stuff like that that nobody else really has. They all kind of feel like cookie-cutter characters, like especially the fact that the rest of the cast wear these, these horrible costumes that like I can only describe as like, they're kind of like early 2010s, like pretty boys who shop at... Uh, all saints in these kind of like weird or, or like like these uh, Kylie Minogue hood things, you know, like from the Can't Get You Out of My Head video, but in black and, yeah. and these textured T-shirts. And it's like, I don't know what you're going for here, but it's, they just look like a crap boy band. Yeah, no, yeah. You, you get this like really sort of really... Oh, baggy t-shirts that kind of went down to your knees or I think the only thing that was missing maybe would, would have been like a scoop neck yeah 
have like the All Saints kind of like you know Geordie Shaw esque scoop neck with the w- you know, with the I, kind of um what is like distressed edges. Everything's kind yes. of got like a distressed look to it. Like they're one step away from wearing like those jeans with like the distressed like the rips all down them and stuff like that. And they kind of got these like oh, I don't know, weird little booties on. They got this like, kind of little like. Look, look, look! Something that like Kanye West would release, and people would like go fucking crazy for, and it's like, um, yeah. At the same time, look like they're gonna fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, something that just looks like really cheap, but about it would set you back about two and a half grand. Um, yeah, but no, it's the yeah the the fashion sense is just. Let's just say you wouldn't be um you wouldn't be that afraid if they were coming towards you with kind of you know Tony Jar holding the, the holding the plumbing in his hands, wearing that kind of kit. I think you'd be um you'd probably be able to you probably think that you could hold your own. Even though even though they are they are martial experts, you'd probably stand your ground and go, Yeah, why not? Let's give it a go. So what do you make of the like kind of like the rest of the fighting sequences in this? Are they are they as like upsetting as that as that kind of bait siege on the base sequence? <sighs> they're they're just you know, they're not they're not like bad. They're just again, they're just they're kind of just they're just underwhelming, aren't they? They're just quite they're quite boring, you know. Some of the stuff with when the alien comes out and he starts, he has he has that kind of one on one with that guy, one of the guys. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. He's got a kind of kind of got the longer pole. It gives him like a it gives him like a decent fight. Um, that you know that's okay. It's not too bad. I, I've heard I've heard people say you know it, it rips off, and I, you know I think I briefly mentioned it. The whole like Mortal Kombat and how this alien is you, know, you could be you know conceived as like a, you know, the predator in the mold of the predator, say. So if you're gonna if you're gonna steal ideas potentially from Mortal Kombat and Predator, like that, that's that's like let's see it. So for example, in these fights, you know, let's see like fatalities, you know, ending the fights. Let's see some more gore. Let's see some decapitations. You know, let's see. I would say see some more blood, but the, the blood looks so terrible. But let, let's make it. You know, let's increase the gore. Let's make it like uber violent. Well, you could have made it a bit more interesting potentially. Well, yeah, that that kind of uh, Predator meets Mortal Kombat is is a pull quote from. Uh, boxoffice.com and like I'm, I'm very interested to know like what the full review says I, I, I won't read it out on this but like yeah obviously it's always interesting when you see those things where it's like it's this because the rest of the review can be like scathing do you know what I mean and it's like it's <laughs> it's this film meets this film but nowhere near as good. But like the the kind of market department have gone. Well, they said it's that film versus like meets that film. So let's have that. But like one of the problems I have with it, and it's like it's to do with the fighters, is they are supposed to be like the creme de la creme of like martial artists from the world. And there's one guy. I think it's in like a um a flashback sequence. A guy who kind of gets his head like uh like snapped when the like alien kind of like heats it up and his head goes red and it kind of gets snapped and like i'm not i'm not a fat shaming here but he's like a portly guy do you know what i mean like surely he's not like every day in the gym like like fighting and like that he's not the creme de la creme of fighters yeah. No, you're you're not um you're not convinced by any of these. Yeah, you know Tony Jai, you're like yeah okay, you know he, he's you know he's putting some good decent he's doing some half decent moves. You know Tony Jai, have you seen any of his stuff? Like you know he can fight. You know he's like he's very talented. But you're not convinced by like anyone when when they're fighting. You're kind of just like well, yeah, well I'm, I don't think you're gonna um I think the alien's gonna probably just get rid of you eventually. 
So let's just kind of speed it along a bit. Well, this film's littered with like uh, Star Trek red shirts, isn't there? There's people and it's like, so the, the main cast, we, we hardly really know what the character names are, but it's like if someone is just all of a sudden in a scene and the alien's there, it's like, well, I've not seen him before. He's going to die. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, but it's like, you don't care because I don't care. Like I didn't care about the people we're supposed to be rooting for, let alone these people who are just kind of like, shepherded in to be like cannon fodder and then like it's by by the time we kind of like get to i guess it's the like the 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 pre end fight sequence when they all kind of get to have a go at the alien like it kind of starts off with juju chan and she kind of gets off and we get that that the predator vision in this as well is is fucking pants in it. Yeah, I, I guess with, with, with the predator stuff, it's like if you know. So the Mortal Kombat, the fatality, you know, they haven't used that fine. But again, like with the predator, if you know, if you're gonna you're gonna have this old, this predator rip off, and then you can also have like the yeah, as you said, like the thermal vision type stuff going on as well. Like we need to. I need to see more. I, I need to. I need to see you kind of, you know, collecting some skulls. <laughs> you know, I need you like get get your pouch out, predator. Put the skulls in the pouch. You know, hang them up. Do something with them skin some people you know when you when you fight cage in, in a bit you know i want to see some skinless cage yeah. you know let's let's see it let's, let's just just do something i know you've got this this unworldly respect for cage you know you, you let you kind of let him off about 10 times and go right no let's go again cage you know i respect you here's your sword back but like if, if you're going to rip something off you know like do it do it you know do it well at least don't just rip it off and then just make a mockery of it which is yeah like the thermal stuff is just it's just embarrassing isn't it basically was it inevitable that cage was gonna die in this film um yeah i I'm, i guess so i guess because the whole film centers around this this jake guy and um i guess you just sort of expect everyone to die bar bar him and maybe juju chan you know maybe because because it's his like it's his shooed in love interest you're like oh you know maybe she might get through or the final showdown is going to be she fights the alien she gets killed and oh now jake's really fucked off now he's gonna he's gonna finally stop hiding he's gonna finally stop running <laughs> because everyone else is dead so he's gonna have to finally fight the alien but um no it's you know i guess i guess they they gave cage a reasonably dignified ending you know he put up a good fight you know the, the, the he gained the respect yeah. of of the predator right it was you know basically what it, like the arnie where at the end the predator takes off his guns and goes right okay let's go hand to hand here arnie he gains the respect of the alien so like he, he lets him get off the hook and they keep fighting and, and then he um yeah they, they sort of break in the back that was a that was a bit lame yeah. unfortunately they kind of ru- ruined it a little bit with that but um, overall, you know, it was it was okay, and uh, yeah, it's a shame to see Cage go. But he he probably went in terms of how some of the other characters went. He, he went as good as it probably could have been for him. <laughs> well, for this film, the only anyway. one that kind of uh, comes anywhere near close is Frank Grillo's kind of like he's shot in the stomach and goes out with like two fingers up in the air, like fuck you. And he's yeah. like, all right, we get it. He's supposed to be a hard ass, like fucking hell. Um, so. Then we get to like the reveal, and I'm not sure if you cared about this reveal any more than I did. That Nicolas Cage's character Wiley, again, like this is the, I know this because I've read this on like IMDb that that is the name of the character. I don't don't really think it's it's mentioned in the film whatsoever. But like he is Jake's dad, and then we kind of get like some 
some footage of like a young Jake being like Mr. Miyagi trained by by Wiley. Yeah, it's not it's not great, <laughs> is it? It's not, it's not too good. Um, you know, again, like if, if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna put in this whole subplot with how Nick Cage is, is Jake's dad, you know, let's that, see some Cage then. Use some of that twenty five mil budget and let's get a digit you know, digitally altered uh, younger cage. Not just some guy with this like rubbish wig on kind of doing some basic one two with younger Jake. It's no, I, I think it's um I don't know. Like I I I guess maybe with Cage's death, it, it makes you sort of care a bit more, maybe. And, and then, and in because up until this point, well, not you know, for me personally, I, I wasn't rooting for Jake at all. Like the guy, the character is just awful. You know, he just he doesn't, or he just spends his whole time running away. And that was the whole. He's got everyone killed because he ran away in the first place. Yeah. So he's very unlikable. And I guess it's not the guy's fault. It's just the character. But I guess adding that whole Cage is his dad, and you have that you know sentimentality stuff, and it's like, oh, okay, you know. Maybe I want Jake to get his revenge and kill the alien and, you know, save the day, I guess, maybe. What I didn't understand is, was, like, did he know he was his dad pre-amnesia? Or, like, is, is, is it only for the last day he forgot he was his dad? Or has he just never known he was his dad? He must, like, and, and it's like, all of it's rushed, do you know what I mean? It's like, so, we got that, that for one, the amnesia plot, is like kind of script writing. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of what you would write into a script if you were a teenager and gone like, oh, how can we explain, how can we kind of like give this character like an arc where he's like gonna learn something instead of like having him have to be like a complete novice learning it. It's like, well, we need, we need for him to really quickly or like we need, we need for him to know like how to fight without like having a, a, a training seat do you know what I mean without setting it up but at the same time we need for the other members of the cast to explain to him and the audience what is going on so it's like well, we'll just well he's got amnesia then we're just like that that that, that ticks that box yeah the, the, the cast do like sort of several times that they they are they just can't believe it can they because they keep saying you know jake this was your plan or jake you know we're going here now do you not remember oh he doesn't like they just they can't get into the heads that he's got amnesia. They're just like, do you not remember this, Jake? Oh my god! Oh, he hasn't. You can't remember. But this was your plan, and that, they said like several times. And also, I guess with the whole, did um, you know, did like, did he know that Cage was his dad? But you know, pre or post amnesia, I guess like, I, I, I didn't, I'm guessing not because Cage doesn't even he doesn't even try and like sort of bring it up, or he doesn't even try and sort of show that he's. He's maybe upset, or he, he kind of asks him the question, like, you know, how how bad is your amnesia? Do you do you not remember anything? You know, like between me and you. Sorry, man. Don't worry about it. Sorry, I'm a. That's all right. It's a call from uh, Universal Credit. Just uh, obviously. Oh Christ! Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no worries. But man. continue if if they. Uh, well, yeah, I'll ask you. So let's talk about the final fight sequence with well. It's it's bad, right? They like it's like kind of like it's a real anti climax to a kind of underwhelming film already. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. So it, it, I think you get one of those comic books pan, like panels sort of popping in again, don't you? I think they have the. I think oh, to be fair, but the the old the translator, the older woman who um who was there earlier, like sort of you know, puts a couple of bullets into the alien, which is yeah, okay, yeah, she probably actually does a better job than most of the fighters. Um. So yes, yeah, so you get so that's kind of yeah you kind of get that and then 
I guess, I guess like what I'm, what I'm not getting with this again, it's like, yeah, it's not very good, but the aliens like kicking like Jake's ass. Like, he, you know, he's dealing with him pretty handily, which you expected. And then right at the end, I, I'm guessing, I, I don't know if it's maybe the fact that Jake's pretty much like on the verge of death. He's getting choked out. You're like, oh, okay. He's, he's going to come back somehow, but how's he going to come back from here? Is someone going to, you know, is Juju going to come in and save the day and sacrifice herself or, you know, something's going to happen. But then I, I don't know, maybe he just, he just sees that squished CGI face and just kind of goes, oh my God, wakes him up <laughs> and kind of goes, well, to be fair, like I, I can't lose to this. Like this can't be my dying, my dying memory is this getting killed and choked out by this squished face. And he just, he just starts kicking his ass. Well, that's that weird thing as well, that it kind of, it's established like quite late in the day again, that it has an aversion to fire. And it's like, and it's not like there's a big blaze of like fire. It's like this tiny little controlled fire that the alien gets near and goes, <laughs> and kind of, it can't see all of a sudden when the fire's involved. And then there's that moment where like, it looks like the alien's got the better of him and he kind of falls to the floor. And then again, it goes in super slow-mo and he's, he's reminded of something that I think it's Wiley told him. It's like, when he regenerates, it takes five to six seconds before he's whole again and um so i did i did a bit of like because i knew this like being my second watch of this film i i decided to time how long on screen it was between like the kind of the the gunshots in in the aliens like stomach for them to regenerate and this is no word of a lie it's 33.4 seconds on screen that that it takes for that hole to regenerate and in that time it's like it's not just like so alan mazari jake's yeah jake manages to get on his shoulders juju chan gets to come in and have a little bit of a scuffle they kind of like get to beat the shit out of him some more and then the crab man comes in throws like a few grenades and gets to be like hey jake use some of these and it's like so it does all that and then yeah, like, what 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 do you make of that? Are you surprised that it's that it's thirty three points? Well, no, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. No, that, that's yeah, it's probably expected longer to be honest. But the thing is, yeah, as you said, it's um. So it's, I don't think it's even Wiley who tells him about this whole five second, seven seconds thing. It's the other bloke. The again, no idea what his name is. It's the guy who gets his like chest burnt. I think mm. who who knocks him out, who knocks Jake out, takes him to the side and goes, right, Jake, I've woken you. Know, wakes him up and goes, right, I've got some big info for you. Drops this whole like he takes five to seven seconds to recoup, you know, just bear that in mind. So they they put it, they shoehorn it in the film. They you know they shove it in and go, oh, we've got to remember that for later. But then, as you said, that they, they make a mockery of it because then they, they then spend over thirty seconds doing that. Yeah, having that thirty seconds window, it's like no, what what why would you, why shoe that horn in the first place if you're not even going to stick to it? I would I would factor into that thirty three point four seconds, ten seconds for slow mo, but even then, like, well, that's twenty. That's, yeah, that's twenty three seconds. It's it's too long. It's all it's all too long. It's like it's like don't 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 set up something and don't don't set up some rules and don't play by those rules because like again it's when you're doing tests like that it 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 makes it makes like you realise that this film has lost an audience. Do you know what I mean? Like if this was fun, and I think that's what where this film falls down is it's like. If this was like exciting and fun, it could be as dumb as it wants to be. And if the fights were better, 
considering the talent they've got as well, I think that's where it's disappointing. If this was a lot funner, it would have been fine. Do you know what I mean? It would have been leave leave your brain in a bucket type film, just like let's let's see some punching, some fighting. Whereas it's not that. It's like when when you're kind of taken out of it and like and the film the film kind of almost does it intentionally. Like there's a moment we get that shot of outside of the temple with the like thunder and lightning going on and the the, the comet passing by, by in the air and it's like it's almost like the film's tapping on the shoulder goes you remember this is really shit yeah no i think it's um <laughs> as you said about yeah like it is if, if you can't make it fun then and we don't we don't need we don't need all this shit about all this like this exposition and all this like convoluted like plot about the alien come back every few years we don't need that we just like don't have it just say he, he's He's coming to take over the earth, or he's coming to do something, and that's it. Keep it simple, because then you haven't got a ha- you haven't got to bring all this extra stuff in and go. Don't forget about this, or what about this, or this is where he comes from. This is his backstory. Just keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Just keep like have have a, a, like an alien race, like like Predator. It was the whole thing about Predator. You just you didn't know what he was. Yeah, he, he just he was in this jungle just killing people. And you're like, like, who the fuck is this? Like, what what like, what is he? Where's he come from? What's he doing? But we don't care because it was so well executed. We didn't we didn't care what he was or where he come from. We were just like we were enthralled by him. We we're like, oh, this is okay. Let's let's see this. Let's see this showdown with him and Arnie. This is good. Well, it almost feels like like you're expected to have like read the. Co- do you know what I mean? It's like it's, it feels like it's it's retroactively trying to get people to to buy the comics. It's like you might understand a bit more of the the exploits of this team and like kind of how they got to this stage beforehand like maybe you get some like whereas this kind of drops you in it and it's like well i don't i don't care about anyone like and it's like when the what the the way this film's left because obviously yeah they they put the grenades in the alien blow it up and push it back into the pool right yeah you make your point maybe maybe that's what i'm missing maybe it is like that you just expected or or you know you 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 watch this and go and the director and whoever all the people who have made it Kind of expect you to sort of go off and and like seek out the comics and go. Oh right, now I want to get the like, you know I want to find out about the more of a backstory about where he came from and, and the alien and, and his race and what planet he lives on and all this and and I, I've heard you know I've heard sort of rumors that this was this is going to be now part of like a, a series and, and the director wants to bring out more and, and you know and then I imagine you know two and three or however you know if he manages to get a second one out will then go back and delve into the alien and where it all started and. And the the history of it and everything else is like oh okay yeah that's interesting but but no like it's I don't oh, as, yeah. I think it's more of a fact that the director just wants to work with different martial artists and he's probably thinking like right we've got this team for this one it we'll get some like younger blood for the next one and then like maybe he would like because the, the the closing line of this is the crab man saying uh, see you in six years like to to where the portal was. And all I was left thinking was, oh, let's let's fucking hope not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's 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 worrying. That's concerning. And and like, and, and great, you will not you won't be seeing me in six years. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, hopefully, if so, they take six years to make a sequel, they would learn some of the mistakes that they made on yeah. this one and can make a like a half decent film. Like, get writing now. Get writing the script now. Like, do a second and a third draft. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Do a first draft because this film, like, don't go. We've got half a draft and we've got some comic book panels. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. <laughs> what, what I want to know is, you know, I don't, I don't know if you can maybe answer this better than me, but so that, yeah, the film's called Jiu Jitsu. 
like how much you know to the untrained eye if if so, if people were, were performing jujitsu or fighting jujitsu in front of me right now i, I wouldn't be able to go oh yeah that, that's that's jujitsu oh i know that move that's a jujitsu move is that how much actual jujitsu or is there any actual moves that yourself or or that you you know you may have read about that that was actually in the film that was like oh that's jujitsu so like i know this just from like reading online and especially when the trailers came out for this there was a lot of like backlash from people going that's not even any fucking jujitsu in it like, what's going on like and it's like why call, like why why call it that why not call it like i don't know alien battle that's a crap title but like at least it's like it it under it it is what the film's about whereas like jujitsu it's like don't call you can't call something do you you mean if i served you a pizza i couldn't go here's your burger ben you mean it's like that's what it is isn't it you serve something you serve you serve something called jujitsu and then there's little to no jujitsu in it from from my understanding at least yeah, I, yeah. I guess maybe it just—I don't know—just jujitsu sound cool. I suppose it's like, oh, jujitsu. Oh, you know. I guess, I guess they just looked through all the different types of martial arts and and just went with the one that sounded, I don't know, like kind of interesting. Well, because I think uh, maybe jujitsu is a lot of like on the groundwork and kind of like arm bars and stuff like that. It's like I don't think it's the most exciting. Like, no, mean, I think yeah, I think it's like grappling and stuff, isn't yeah. it? A lot of like close, like close combat grappling, and as you say, it's like kind of you know UFC s sort of yeah, you know, rolling you spend, about on the floor. Yeah, you spend expe- like extended periods of time just on the floor, like you know trying to choke someone and getting the odd kick and punching now and again. Yeah. So you know, I imagine if they'd have actually tried to sort of set up the fights with actual jujitsu moves, this film would have been even more unwatchable. It'd just be oh, like, is, is this alien gonna gonna? finish this bloke off <laughs> i guess it's like maybe that maybe there's there's elements to it in the in the nick cage fight i don't think there's again i don't think there's any like jujitsu moves but it's a bit more slower pace there's, there's a lot of kind of like you know okay let's have a quick breather oh let's go again or like okay you know i got you on the floor now you get back up let's go again so yeah i guess maybe if that fight may have been the closest you're going to get to jujitsu mm-hmm. where it's just slower and it's more close combat and there's not too many flipping and yeah i don't know so you touched on this earlier with Cage's greasy hair. So I like to, before we wrap this up, uh, ask three questions at the end. And the first one is, does Nick Cage have bad hair in this film? Uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even say he's got bad hair, actually. I, I, think it's, um, I think it's about right. It's about right for his character. It's about right for, for the film. Uh, and yeah, I think it's all right. I, I think it, it plays into to what he's, uh, what he's you know what he's giving on screen so no i think it's okay i, I think it's about right for cage I, i'm i'm okay with that hair it's my my probably bigger biggest problem with cage's hair is like you know like if he's going to go natural he's, he's, he's obviously slightly receding that's you know that's absolutely fine like you know keep keep it to that as, as much as possible it's like, there's no issue with that hair cage like we, we like that we're okay with it i'm okay with it but it's where it's where you see stuff like um oh god what's that film called um, Bank Bangkok Dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it's where like he's got this. He's got like this this wig. Or he's got this hairpiece on, and it's like slicked, and it's it's kind of like he's like he's dumped his head in like a whole tub of brill cream, <laughs> and it, and, it, and it's it's styled. I, I, that's what I, that's what that's what I don't want to see. I don't want to see bad like a bad wig or a bad headpiece and styled. That's what that's where I have a problem with Cage's hairdo. 
Um, so yeah, with, with with the hair as well. Do you think it's a wig in this film? Um, yeah, it's, it's it's sort of a mystery, isn't it? I guess yeah, you you could probably answer this better than me. But like, what uh, you know, what what is Cage putting on his head? I don't. I'm I'm guessing that there is hair bits of hair stuck on, or or it is mostly wig because he's not got a great deal of hair left. You know, his natural hair is receding somewhat. So, yeah, but he does manage to pretty much every film have a different type of hair, haircut. And it's like, it is impressive, whatever he's doing. Well, I'm not sure if you've seen uh, History of Swear Words, but I think over the last year, he's had some work done on his hair because his hairline has kind of like shot forward. Like yeah, yeah, it's come back from the dead. Yeah, it's uh, kind of like, do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's high tide on his hairline. Like it's kind of yeah. like the tide. The, the tide is very much in all of a sudden. He looks great for it. Like, do you know what I mean, if you've if you've got it, like, and you like, if 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 that's what if if that's keeping you awake at night, going like, oh, I I look stupid, and it, it, it kind of says something to this, like, that obviously beauty standards go across both genders when it comes to Hollywood. In the fact of like especially as you get older and it's like especially someone like cage where it's like he probably is still trying to do like these lead roles and stuff like that and he's like he's probably thinking i'm not ready to retire into these like i don't know like old do you know what i mean older man roles where it's like i'm just playing dads and yeah do you know what i mean like fuddy duddies he's like i still want to kick a bit of ass so like maybe maybe to keep up to date with your your leo dicaprios or i don't know your, your younger generation i'm gonna have to gonna have to get some plugs yeah no well i think um you know i think with cage in particular i, I guess he's he spent his money on a lot more worser <laughs> things you know a lot more dubious <laughs> you know i think getting his getting his hairline sorted out i think is probably one of the one of the best investments he's probably made in the last 10 15 years i'm surprised he junkie didn't get his has hair bought. a place of snakes <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I should say actually like a completely well not off topic but like just completely random which I, I thought was quite funny um, is that I saw I don't know when it was I don't know if he was shooting a film it may have been the Bad Lieutenant film um, but I saw that he he had like a, a bit of an issue he was arrested I think he, he had a bit of a domestic problem with his, his then wife and I saw that he, he was he was um, he was let out on bail and the person who posted his bail was Dog the Bounty Hunter Wow! <laughs> no, I just saw this on Wikipedia. I know this is this is like never do with his, with his haircut, but I just I had to like I, I've just it just popped into my head again. I was like, I better just dump it out quickly before I, I forget about it. And I just saw that, and I was just like, yeah, that's that that just sounds that sounds perfect. But but yeah, dog the bounty hunter. I, I don't know if there's if there's any truth to that. It is Wikipedia, so yeah, pinch of salt. But yeah, amazing. Okay, I guess that kind of got sprung loaded back into your memory because we were talking about bad hair, and I think. Dog the Bounty Hunter has possibly got one of the worst fucking haircuts of all time. Yeah, no, good point. Yeah, yeah, he has. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he does. Uh, I think he should probably seek out Cage actually for some some sort of hair advice. Yeah, who's this guy? Did he go to Turkey for one of those famous uh, Turkey hair jobs? But um, we could get lost again in the the woods of Nicolas Cage's hair. Let's talk about his voice. Does he do a crazy voice in this film? I don't think so. Not really. He does. He does his whole, um, you know, I'm crazy and, and wave the hand in front of the face and stuff. But I think that's okay. Yeah. Again, quite subtle, quite reserved. You know, it's it doesn't. There's not too much shouting. That's that's why it's good. That's what I like about it. I, I think um, I think you'd have just made the film even more unwatchable. Yeah. You'd have come on and just like bouncing around the place, shouting. You know, I'm martial arts expert. You know, 
whatever he's coming out with. I think I think doing what he done, keeping it to a minimal, keeping it contained, worked with the character, and it, it just made his performance like easily the best part of the film. And it didn't add to, you know, it it, it just it gave you that light relief in it for the for like sort of the 20, 30 minutes he's on. Well, you know, he's, he's sort of not on screen for that long, but for the period of time he's in the film, mm-hmm. it actually just gave it just it just got you basically helped you get through the film in one piece. Yeah. So if we've got like the scale of like giving nothing to like giving everything. So like, yeah, you'll have like left behind at kind of giving nothing and deadfall at like ramped up to 11. I think this very much sits in like a nice like five because you get like a nice like you get some cagisms. You kind of get like the the glint in his eye and the 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 line deliveries, whether it's like he's he's the space he's like the spaceman in the sci-fi sense, like he's poetic warrior from out of space. So or we get yeah, like that kind of line about the the piano and like just like the way he delivers stuff. You get like these nice little or the way he delivers like I can fly too. It's like it's 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 not it's not ramped up to silly stupid, but like it's it's enough where it's oh yeah I I, I like what he's doing. Yeah, no, it's relaxed and it's um it's always it's always nice to see Cage where he's he looks like he's having a good time. Mm. Like he looks like yeah, I think he was only on set for what was it like three days. Must he wasn't there for that long. Yeah, so like you know perfect in and out, got it done, and it seems like you know he wasn't putting in too much effort. He didn't need to anyway, but he was relaxed and he was having like he was having a good time. I think that there are films where you see Cage. Like, well, we talked about the Wicker Man briefly. I th- and I think even when he starts putting the bear suit on, yeah, he's having a better time because he just starts punching women in the face, right? Okay, great, you know, running around doing whatever. But I, I think he's just not he's not having a good time. And you never you don't you don't want to see Cage like you don't want to see Cage miserable or not having a good time because that that makes you miserable. You're like Cage, you know, I'm, I'm only here for you, so you know. Whatever you do with your performance, if it's like a more of a sort of a subtle or drawn back one or like a big shouty one, you want to make, you know, you don't, you don't want to have the feeling that Cage is, he just doesn't, he doesn't want to be there just as much as potentially you. Yeah. That's, that's like, that kind of makes the, the experience just a, that bit worse. Well, Wicker Man's a weird one because he's a producer on that. So you would have thought he would have made sure he was having a good time or unless like that is what he was going for. I know he kind of thought he was doing like some kind of like, Jimmy Stewart-esque performance. He thought he was in like he was he was doing his best vertigo when it came to that film. But um I think we've kind of answered this in our discussion there about his voice. But do we get a Nicolas Cage freak out in this film? No, not not in the sort of I guess a conventional Nick Cage freak out, is there? Like he's um he, you know, he comes out of a couple of lines and stuff, but it's not it's not him freaking out, is it? He's you know, I feel like in in, in like another film he could have if he wanted to, he could have carried that forward and kept you know, really pushed it home, but he doesn't need to, which is fortunately helps us just sort of just enjoy his performance for what it is. Perfect. Well, Ben, it very much feels like we could have been on your podcast talking about this film. Cause I think we've rightfully given it a, a, a flogging, right? Uh, would you recommend people seek this one out and, uh, and, and watch it? Uh, um, see, yeah, the, the tricky, I guess the tricky thing is with, with kind of the uh, the the world we're living in at the moment, whilst in the UK with lockdown and stuff, it, it's tricky to because it's one of those films where if you can get like a group of friends around, you know, have a few beers, you know, you can't maybe the pubs are still closed, but you can get a few friends and it's like three fifty to rent, okay, like yeah, fifty p each, take the hit, <laughs> you can get drunk and you can enjoy it for what it is, but but to be honest, like I, I I'm you know I'm not going to endorse illegal streaming, but. If if you you know if like if you know a lot of people are hard up but at these at this point you know like I, I would I would say that 
paying three pound fifty to potentially rent this um, is is hard to to justify. You know, I think you are better off buying the essentials, getting some milk, buying some bread, <laughs> and, and doing that. So I think maybe hold off. Let, let's let's have it as like a, a something to enjoy post lockdown. You know, where we can see our friends again, we can get together. Maybe the puzzle's still closed and stuff still coming back to back to normal. Yeah. And then, you know, go half or, or, you know, chip in, watch it for an hour and a half like as a pre-drinks or whatever and just enjoy it for what it is. I'm sure if, if, if you're hammered, like you could you could definitely get a bit more out of this. Yeah, d- definitely. If, if this kind of came on at 11 o'clock on a Friday night, once, do you know what I mean? Once you've had a few sh- yeah, shandies, you'd be like, oh, I'm like, it's, it is what it is. It's a bit of stupid fun. But yeah, I, so I own this on Blu-ray. Uh, just because I'm a I'm a cage completist in physical media as well, and I am bitterly disappointed. So I don't tend to talk about like the kind of like uh, the the physical releases, but this is like a bare bones Blu-ray release. As well. I was hoping for something, whether it's like a kind of like if it's like a condensed version of. Do you know what I mean like we were talking about the comic book earlier? It's like if you kind of got like a little booklet that kind of like do you know what I mean told like had a bit extra to it or. Or had like a interview featurette. So what's really annoying is there is like on YouTube you can watch interviews with like the director and some of the principal cast, and it's like, why has that not been stuck on the DVD? Do you know what I mean? All you've got is like play film, scene selection, setup. And it's like, oh my god! I've like it cost me like I don't eleven quid, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just it's just incredibly like it's just it's just a piss take, isn't it? It's just incredibly <laughs> lazy and just. You know, like if if the director wants you to go back and have a look at the comics and and maybe get into it and and set you up for you know potential further sequels and further films in the franchise, like surely you know just just eat, put anything in like you know just even a, even a bloody a, a a link to to where you can buy the comic maybe and go oh you know if you own the DVD you can get fifty percent off this you're still like oh really I got to pay extra for this like, okay <laughs> but but just give you know give you something but no it's. I guess it, yeah. I guess it just goes along with the film. It's just, just lazy, isn't it? Basically, lazy and just kind of uninteresting. That, that I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, um, yeah, we come to the end of this conversation, and uh, obviously, with the uh, film vloggers, where can people keep up to date with everything you guys are doing? Are you on like the socials and stuff like that? This is your chance to give it a good old plug. Uh, yeah, yeah. Film vloggers are on uh, all, all the usual outlets. So we got yeah, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter uh, at Film Vloggers. Um, yeah, yeah. Just sort of you know, there's we got a pretty varied amount of of random films on there. We did some Halloween stuff, some spooky stuff, and some Christmas stuff. We've got uh, we've got Batman and Robin, the '97 Batman and Robin coming out uh, uh, soon. So you know that might be worth checking out. That was quite a fun one. A horrendous film, horrendous, but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, hopefully there's something on there. Uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously. So, um, you know, don't expect us to be, uh, you know, analysing and breaking down everything about films. We just kind of go on and just, uh, yeah, just rip, rip a film to shit, basically. Give or take and try and uh, add a few laughs if we can. As somebody who got on, like, the, the ground floor of your podcast, kind of started listening from, like, day one, essentially, I'm going to say this, obviously, like, I wouldn't have had Ben on the podcast if I wasn't a massive fan of film vloggers. And, like, for you guys listening at home, like I would 100% recommend it. Not only just because I, I, I've, I've guested on on the podcast, but like I don't know, I don't know. Very quickly, you very much feel like you are one of one of the team. Whether it is 
you know what I mean? Like you, you're kind of sitting in a, on that conversation, whether it's you and um, you and Tom or you and Fiona chatting. You kind of you you feel like you're eavesdropping on just a couple of mates chatting about a film, and it's a yeah, it's a it's a fantastic listen. And uh, yeah, give it give it a go, guys. As you as you would say, pick up pick up a flog and, and join them. Oh, well, very kind words, Petros. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's, it's it is still kind of overwhelming. Um, to hear people say nice things about it, but it's no, no, yeah, no, it's um, that's that's very, very kind of you, and uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad we were able to um, to get over our slight speed bump of of when you came on film floggers, and I, I did get the name of your podcast wrong, which is uh, which is still haunting me to this day. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, you know, we spoke about it, you know, we, as men, we got together and we've we've decided to move forward with this relationship. Um, so you know, I thank you for that, and. Uh, you know, look forward to having you on again and uh, I may let Tom introduce you next time just in case well thank you very much for coming and raging with Cage with me thank you well there we go thank you very much to Ben for coming and talking about all things jujitsu with me I'm sure you'll agree it was a fantastic episode it was a, a great chat I could have talked to Ben for hours. If you haven't already, check out my guest appearance on Film Floggers, which you can find on all good podcast platforms, which we talked about the Nicolas Cage, John Lovitz, and Dana Carvey Christmas vehicle trapped in paradise. So we are very much hot on the hills of Nicolas Cage, and next week's episode is with battle royale with cheese editor and writer matt conway where we will be talking about the freshly released the film that comes out in two days time willie's wonderland we will be talking all things willie's wonderland as well as all the regular questions that i ask my guests i would tell you what this one is like but i'm yet to record it i'll be recording this tomorrow if you need to know that uh but also on friday you will get a bonus episode one of the caged in conversation episodes where i spoke to willie's wonderland writer geo parsons so that will be hitting your pod catchers first thing on friday the 12th of february uh, there is a spoiler section in that episode for patreons so if you've seen the film and you want a bit extra uh, under the three pound a month banner you will get access to all of the previous bonus content so that's all of the bonus questions for every episode as well as this bonus content for my interview with G.O. Parsons. That interview is in the can, so I can tell you a little bit about it. We go into the inception of this idea for Willy's Wonderland. G.O.'s come up in the industry, where this idea came from, how it kind of the ball got rolling on it, how Nick Cage got involved, and an amazing story of how geo had a chance encounter with nick cage once upon a time it's one that you won't want to miss i'm sure regular listeners are fed up with this point but if this is your first time listening and you enjoyed this podcast please don't hesitate to head on over to 
the rating or review system for whichever podcast you're listening to. If they have a rate and review page, please give this podcast five stars and write a little review. Write uh, either which is your favourite Nicolas Cage film, which is your favourite Coppola family film. Are you a big Francis Ford Coppola nut? Obviously, we have Coppola connections coming soon. Or... <laughs> Answer me this. What does Bill Murray say to Scarlett Johansson at the end of Lost in Translation? As always, guys, I have been Petrus Patsilovus. I have been Kate. You have been amazing. Bye-bye. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Pod Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, A Droop Town Limery, Maine, Franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.